God damn it, Dustin. What's going on, man? We came in second again. On uh, what? We came in second. We're, we are the second best shark and beer focused podcast. Shit. Who beat, yeah. Who beat us? The Finema Pubcast beat us again. Motherfuckers. Those goddamn Finema boys. Wait, okay. Yeah. Is that Justin and Hogan? Justin and Hogan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Those fuckers. Yes. They drink beer and they watch shark movies. They beat us again. You know, I'm not surprised. Because listen, they're wetter than us. Yeah. They're boysier than we are. They're by that you're saying they're they're more boys than we are. Yes. Huh. Interesting. And what else? You must have a third one. The way you set that up. They're good at talking about sharks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're very good at talking. And you're right; they are wetter than us. Because I looked at their Instagram, and it, they have to replace their equipment all the time. Damn. Because they're so wet. God dang it. Well, that's why we're number two. That's why we're number two. It's very clearly number two. Well, well, so I guess, I don't even. I guess I don't know. This is a hard start to the summer. First off, getting voted second. But I think maybe now should we maybe let's let's not do a shark movie because because honestly it just hurts now to do one. Yeah, I think we need to move away from that for right now. Yeah, should we do the second best volcano movie of 1997? Done. Let's do it. Welcome to Sharktoberfest! Whoa! Whoa! Sorry, cut that, cut that, cut that. No! We'll keep that in. I like that energy. That's a good start to the summer, baby. You gotta come out hot. Yeah. No, I'm I'm keeping that, man. Hi. It's, it, we're, it, we're back. We're, it's the intense boys of summer. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Logan Nielsen, and joining me, as always, is, is the, the, the biggest, strongest boy in the world, Dustin Pixley. Hi, Dustin. What up? Oh, look at that. See that he did casual. And he was he was flexing his guns at me. He is not wearing a shirt. He ripped it right off. Refused to wear a shirt. It's hot. It's hot. It's we are we are in the dog days of summer. Conceptually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is our uh I guess we're we're doing an overall theme for the summer. This will be interesting because we've never done this. We've never done like a long stretching theme. We've no, done little, we usually our themes and they're very uh, concise. They're 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 small. They're contained. Yeah. This one though, we decided to we we wanted to do a theme that was vague, so we didn't have to like stick to one type of movie. Had a, you know, there's a lot of different. No, we, uh, we, we want to spread it around. Yeah. But the, there's an overarching theme. Yeah. And and a very vague concept of just like, hey, these movies, they gotta be hot, because <laughs> it's our hot hot summer. We're already the wet boys. We already a very very wet podcast. We've made that clear. So now we're trying to be uh, the wet hot podcast. It's a wet hot American Sharktoberfest is what we are doing this summer. That's what we're going with. Patent pending. TM. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what uh, that's what we're kind of doing. We're we're doing hot movies. Th- this first one uh we were talking beforehand. It's I think it kind of eases into the heat a little bit. It does. It doesn't seem very hot. To no, it's open. A, it's a very uh, it takes place in a very temperate area. A lot of snow too, because mountaintop and stuff like that seems very, uh, uh, um, very comfortable until it's not. But which Dante's Peak? 
well, a movie I have not seen since probably 1997. No, it's been, yeah, I was definitely probably in high school last time I watched it. So it was kind of fun to revisit. Yeah. It, it actually was fun to, to revisit. Yeah. I was actually thinking that, too. I'm like, oh, this is going down pretty easy. Because I had a few vivid memories. I remember moments, yeah. but I didn't remember where they fell necessarily. And um, I guess I didn't remember like, the full progression of the movie. But as I was watching, I'm like, oh, I guess I do remember. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Because <laughs> the progression is, uh, oh, we go look at this mountain, and then later it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the gist of it. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, uh, we're digging into our, our summer movies. But before we get to that, we got other business to do. First things first, we want to start with our, our drink. We do. We do. We do. If you uh, listened to the last episode, our commentary. We did our commentary for the Sharkansaw Women's Prison Massacre. We uh, we dove into the Lightning Google Summer Pack. Uh, so we drank two yes. beers. There's four total. We're going to move on to the last two. And we just did that. So yes. we're already a little loose. <laughs> Which I think is a good way to kick off the whole summer series. Well, that's why we're having so much fun and you at home aren't is having so much fun. Oh. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> gotcha. Yes, we did the first ones, which were the, the uh, Summer Shandy and the uh, one of our new favorites, the Lemon Haze IPA, which I believe we, we did. We keep fawning over that. We did just after we liked the it. episode. Yeah. We just did it, but we also we did it last June for June Bugs. I can't remember Correct. which episode. I think it was. At all. Um, oh, is one where they're at that town. One where they're at that town. Uh, where the, it's like the island town and that oh! main corporation moves in. Oh, um, 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 the nest. The nest. Thank the you. The nest. We did it for that. I believe so. Oh, okay. Or did we drink it while we watched that? Because remember, we actually watched right. that movie. That could be the case. Because that one we did the June bug. We did the June bug cocktail for that uh, okay. one. Okay, so I think we drank that while. I think we, we drank it while movie. we watched it, but I think we did it for another episode at some point. Hmm. Uh, any devoted devoted hey, fans yep. out there? <laughs> if you're an avid listener, uh, message in and we'll give you something or a shout out or a we'll prize or fuck whatever. We'll do something. <laughs> if, but if you know off the top of your head, let us know. I could also easily just go check the bios of the episodes and it would tell us. But I'm not gonna do no, that. No, right no, now. no, no. I'm we not gonna do that. it. No. Uh, but we did those. Uh, what are we doing now? What's left in the variety? It's just the summer pack. Isn't that what it's called? It's the summer, summer variety pack. pack? Yeah. It's kind of just a lot of fruited shandies, basically. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because you're... Well, well, the first two are lemon, even though the, the lemon haze IPA tastes like lime. <laughs> yes, which is very strange. But, but the summer shandy and the lemon haze are both lemon. So, But these next two are not lemon-based. They are truly different. They are. So we're going to start with the grapefruit shandy. I will let you read the blurb. Let me read the blurb. It's the thing I do here. It's what it's everyone's favorite part of the show. Line and Kugel's Grapefruit Shandy, a traditional shandy beer mixed with a little something extra. Line and Kugel's Grapefruit Shandy is a crisp Weiss or Weiss beer with natural grapefruit flavor, bright, citrusy, and refreshingly balanced. Perfect for a day on the lake. Signed, the Leinenkugel family. Um, I am not seeing ABV. Oh, no, there it is. Up top here, 4.2% ABV. And we're starting the summer off right. Because this beer comes in a can that holds precisely... 12 fluid ounces. Hallelujah. Uh, it just, it starts the season right. It makes you feel good. It makes, it you, makes feel you feel right. It makes you feel good, makes you feel right, makes you feel hopeful, 
going into the 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 the, the hot wet season, <laughs> going into it with the right attitude and the right measurement for a tasty citrusy brew. That was a good commercial. Oh, let's crack these beers. Let's do it. Let's do that. Go ahead. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they crack nice. I will say that. It's give it a, crack. give that a whiff. It smells nice. A little clinky. I'm going to give it a riff. Give it a riff. A riff? <laughs> well, shit, I got to give it a riff now. Ooh, grapefruits. Uh, why do people even eat these for breakfast? Ooh, you, ever, you ever put a spoon in and it goes in your eye? <laughs> the juice shoots out. That does smell great. Doesn't it? Thank you for being, by the way, uh, just annoyed with my riff. Thank you. Thank you for being openly annoyed. Someone had to. That smells great. That smells really good. I really like that, which is funny because I don't like grapefruit by itself. Not by itself. I like a grapefruit like in a fruit salad. Yeah. It contributes. I don't like it just by itself. No. It's a bit much. Yeah. It's a it, bit much. It's good to accompany something in this. I like this. I think it's good. It's very refreshing. It is refreshing. I like it. I wish it had a little more flavor, but not much. It's like close to being it's perfect. almost there. Yeah. Or maybe even a little bit more of um, a little bit more hoppiness, kind of like the lemon haze, like we talked about in our yeah. commentary for Shagansaw Women Prison Massacre. But like that balances the sweet and and it is uh, always nice to have that bitter a little yeah. better. I think that's why we like the lemon haze so much. I think so too, because it's a it's a little not too sweet, but it's like a little more sweet than I want, but the grapefruit flavor is very good. Yeah, it's nice because grapefruit's not that sweet in general, so it does True. balance fairly well. This thing, I guess I wish it was a little more uh, acidic because it's yeah. a grapefruit kind of thing. But but also, the, like I was saying before, the smell, it smells wonderful. Wonderful aroma. It smells very good. I guess before we dig into the other business, what else have you been watching lately? Ooh, okay. Um, I recently finished a show on... Um, HBO, but I believe it's the uh, what's the other little subcategory? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, like Cinemax or HBO Max? They're Max Originals. Yeah. Well, so that's just that's stuff that's original only to HBO Max, but okay. not but it's not also on HBO. So when it says an HBO original, oh, just for means, the app, it means it plays on HBO, but it's also on HBO Max. When it's a Max original, it means it's only on HBO Max. Okay. Either way, it was the Minx. Oh, you were telling me about that. Yeah. Is that good? It was really funny, yeah. Really funny? Yeah. No, okay. I really enjoyed it. I'm curious about it, because um, I've heard it's good. Warning, if you are uncomfortable with your sexuality, there's a lot of penis in the first few episodes. Uh, yeah, here, let, let's rephrase that. Um, if you a big wimp, it ain't for you. <laughs> yeah. Because this one got dick in it. TV's been having more dick in it. And it you know been. what? You know what? I'm fine with it. I don't care. I'm- Not only am I fine with it, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a bold statement. It's yeah. about time. Wi- women's privates have been on parade for far too long without dicks accompanying it. And it is it is time. It is time to just to just have dong and stuff. We talked about that with Pam and Tommy. Yeah. We're just just had that 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 Tommy Lee dong was just out and about. I think it was fake a lot of times, but still. Yeah. Cause even her 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 boobies were fake in that too. Well, yes, yes. Because Lily James does not have those. She does not. She, she does not. Because isn't that about like a, a like kind of a Playgirl type magazine? Isn't it? About yeah. Like for, yeah. Like, but it, it's it's uh, I'll try to summarize this quickly as I can. Uh, it opens on our lead. Dicks. <laughs> no, they're not quite <laughs> done. Pretty close. <laughs> now the the lead is a female. She's 
always had a dream of starting your own magazine. The lead is a female. Is such a... <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, but she wants to start a... It's kind of a feminist magazine. You know, uh, she's all about the women's movement. Because it takes place in like the 70s, right? Yeah. Okay, so kind of that, that new wave feminism that was yes. happening then. Yep. Yeah, so she's trying to start that magazine. She goes to pitch it at this big convention hall. Mm-hmm. Old white dudes, you know, obviously give her the rundown of, you know, like, we're old white dudes, fuck off. Right, yeah. And she runs into... Women can't start magazines! Basically. She runs into Jack Johnson, who runs a... Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson, yeah, and Jack Johnson's a musician. Jack Johnson, the musician, yeah. Jake Johnson, who runs... From a... New Girl. Yes, from New Girl. He he runs skin mags, a whole bunch of them. Ah. He, he finds, like, a prototype of her magazine. Okay. He likes the idea behind it, but he... Sneaks wieners to, in there? He sneaks wieners in there because he's trying to get uh, the ah. women, right? And that's it just goes on from there, basically. But It's a fun premise. It is. No, it's a fun movie. It's a uh, movie. TV show. Television series. Yes. Are they, it, I, They're like 25-minute episodes. Right. I think they got renewed for a second season. I haven't seen. I wouldn't be surprised, though. It was. I thought I heard that somewhere, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. It's got you know good drama, but very entertaining, very funny show. Okay. So, yeah. I'm interested in that. Highly recommend. Speaking of things with wieners in it. <laughs> Lay it on me. I just watched a series called... Wieners. Called Wieners. Wieners the series. Um, And it's 25-minute episodes, just like Minx. But it is only penises. And they are just just flapping against each other. Just (laughs) kind of like that. Um, Great show. Fun for the whole family. And you should watch it. No. Uh, The New Kids in the Hall... You mentioned that. We didn't talk a lot about it, but yeah. Uh, the New Kids in the Hall, it is, um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm not even like a massive Kids in the Hall fan. I watched them a lot when I was a kid because when they used to replay them on Comedy Central. I watched them a lot. And Kids in the Hall has always been a series for me where I, their, their sketches probably had like a 50% hit rate for me. Yeah. Where it's well, like. I think with some of that too, is it, it's so Canadian that maybe some of it just is lost. Part, us, of, part of that, but I think also a lot of their sketches, they're weird for the sake of weird and don't always go somewhere. Sure. And here's the weird thing, though. With this new season, that's still true, and that was very heartwarming for me. Because it felt like the kids in the hall. Even though it is, you know, so the first season ended in like 94, because it premiered, it premiered in 89. That's wild to think I know, about. I know. And then... So this is now their sixth season, 30 years later. It feels like the fucking kids in the hall. And that is amazing. And because like too, like um when uh like when Bob and David did their Netflix series, like for Mr. Show. Yeah. It just felt it felt dated. Like they they used to be the cool, edgy guys in the nineties. And then now it's like, oh, this is just I don't know, just kind of your guys' version of sketch, but it feels a little safer right even though it's meant to be edgy but it's really not and then you have like you know people like uh you know like monty python anytime they would do a reunion thing it was just doing old sketches so it's hard when like the cool young sketch teams try to do (laughs) like a reunion try to bring it back it always feels eh, yeah or you know either feels forced or it it just it it feels like old guys doing comedy and even though in this in the kids in the hall they reference them being old now quite a bit but it feels exactly like the kids in the hall. And the reason why I said, speaking of wieners in it, they come out the gate just being openly nude. A few of the guys just having their dicks 
out. And I'm like, what? They're, they're naked quite a bit in the show, and they're all like goddamn pushing 60 now. <laughs> They've waited 30 years for this. They wanted to and hang dong that and, long ago. And here's the thing. like, It's still kind of hit or miss for me. Some sketches like, eh, the ones that hit fucking hit and are very funny. And for me, my always my favorite part of the kids in the hall was the opening theme song, which is such a dumb thing, but it's by that you know the you know and I always loved their opening credits. For some reason, that was always my favorite part when I was a kid. It always hooked me. I'm kind of an opening credits nerd anyway, but I I always liked that. And when I I was I was so pleased that they did their cold open sketch and then they did a new version of their opening credits with the music. It looks the same way. They truly made it season six of Kids in the Hall. It's just 30 years later, but they do the same format. They do the same. They don't do live sketches anymore like they used to do in front of a studio audience. Right, they don't right, do that. Right. It's all filmed. The production value is fucking... The show looks great. I don't think I've ever seen that good of production value in a sketch show. That's interesting. It looks really fucking good. Huh. They have some big, massive, beautiful sets. It, it's kind of wild how good it looks for being a fucking sketch show. That's funny, and that <clears throat> speaks to something we talk about a lot. And that, I just love the way you said that. <laughs> it's funny that, and that, keep going, sorry. The uh, 90s nostalgia we talk about all the time. Yes, and I'm always so hesitant when, like, let's bring back this thing. And usually I'm pretty cynical, and a lot of times it doesn't hit for me, like Bob and David or anything like that. Right. It usually doesn't hit for me, and so I went into this really hesitant. I literally, I was like, I guess I'll check it out. Because I do like the kids in the hall, and I clicked on it, and then I've 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 watched the whole season this week. It's only eight episodes, and I will say, even if you're not feeling it right away, stick with it. Because episodes seven and eight, I was fucking dying. Like they had me cackling. Really weird sketches. It will not be for everybody, um, but it it was actually really nice to see those guys. It gave me a, a better appreciation for them because I think they've all become better actors, even, and they were good then. Sure. Yeah. But like a couple of them now, I'm just like, that is a great performance of this incredibly stupid character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I but I, I I really enjoyed it. It was it was actually and there's oh, there's also on Amazon, because they it's on Amazon now, is the new season. They tease at maybe doing an, another season coming up. They leave it on kind of a, a goofy cliffhanger, which is funny. Uh, but they also put out a two-part um, documentary about like the story of Kids in the Hall. To, okay, like, that was just from from like the beginning or this uh, little. No, so from remake. their whole how they met okay. everything. So it's two parts. Like the first part is them meeting and building up to getting their show, and then part two is like about from the show and what happened afterwards and what they've done since leading up to this show. Okay, that's um, fun, and it's a really really good actually two part documentary. Just a good look at them as a comedy troupe and then also gets into like how their friendships frayed over the years like they're all very very open in it of being like what sketches they fucking hated and also being at the because there was a point when the show ended like none of them were on speaking terms anymore like it really did end badly with them but then they came back you know which happens a lot that happened with like python too they all the show ended with yeah. them not really it just you know, seems to be a thing only that a couple happens, of them yeah. i mean it's 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 like being in a band kind yeah. of you know i mean eventually yeah egos are gonna yeah flare up and, but it was really yeah. fun it's because i'm always worried too when you see that where it's like oh is this gonna be old guys doing you know and commenting on today and there's a little bit of it but i like too it's when they do mention on how things are different today it's more about them not understanding it 
And instead right. of it's not like pointing down and being like, you the kids are different these days, and that sucks. It's more just them being like, we don't understand because we're old. You kids and your plastic and aluminum cans. <laughs> Great reference to Sharkensaw Women's <laughs> Prison Massacre. Um, but I recommend it. I'll end my review there. I got a little deep into it, but I've been That's I've been right. kind of Very in a good. little I've been in my own little nostalgia cocoon this week with the kids in the hall. It's been it's been safe, it's been warm, and there's been penises there. <laughs> I was like surprised though. They are nude quite a bit, and I'm like, good for these guys are just still fucking going for it. I'm just like, fuck it. I mean, you gotta push the envelope, right? And what better way? Yeah, hang down. But it doesn't feel like they're trying to be edgy. But it's like it's just what they were. It's rare you see that where it's like they're still doing what they did in the fucking 80s. They started the Kids in the Hall formed in 1984. That is bananas. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. forgot too that the the first season came out in '89. I was one. I was one year old. Wow! Wow! <laughs> anyway, should we? Watch? <laughs> I was about to say watch, and then realize we did. We already watched it. We did. <laughs> but should we get into our feature presentation? I wish we could have done that together we should, should we try it again here we go let's try it okay. again here we go should we get, get into, into our, our feature presentation <laughs> yeah we should <laughs> roll it <laughs> and now your feature presentation it turns day into night Starts Friday, February 7th at Theaters Everywhere. Ah, this is a story all about how a peak called Dante killed a whole town. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Dante's Peak, 1997. Starring Pierce Brosnan and Sarah Connor. Oh, sorry, Linda Hamilton. Uh, directed by Roger Donaldson, who I looked into his uh, I did, too. He had a couple big ones early. Yeah, because he did he did uh, cocktail species species Cadillac man, um, thirteen days, and no way out to Kevin Costner joints, uh, the recruit that Al Pacino Colin Farrell movie I remember that one, um, the world's fastest Indian which was a, a Anthony Hopkins movie about Anthony a motorcycle Hopkins, about a motorcycle, motorcycle. Yeah. about a motorcycle just a motorcycle motorcycle with a dream. <laughs> <laughs> The Bank Job, which I didn't see, but it stars our boy, Jason Statham. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it, I don't remember which one it is, because at that period, because I was from uh, tw- 2008, so his movies all kind of blended into the same kick, kick fest yep. at that point. Um, and The November Man, which was also a Pierce Brosnan joint. Oh. Um, and he also dr- he did a, a documentary about uh, McLaren the from the McLaren like Motor Company. Love yeah, racing the team. Car, Bruce, yeah, okay. Bruce McLaren. But he did a documentary. That's his most recent film from 2017. Yeah, then he kind of stopped. Well, he's got some stuff in, in uh, production, oh, it says, or in, in pre-production, but nothing that's uh, happening. But yeah, anyway, uh, that's Roger Donaldson. Uh, but yeah, this is a movie. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> yeah. Um. So not to we we usually don't always like directly tease what movie we're gonna do next, right? But this was a this was the first in a pair of competing volcano movies in 1997. Dante speak, and the other one is called. Oh, I better look it up. Hold uh, on. What's take, it called? What's it called? It's a volcano movie. It's a it's a who's volcano in that movie. One? It's that guy it's from about a volcano uh, from the future. Men in Black Three. Uh, yeah, Josh yeah, Brolin. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. It's not Josh Brolin. I don't think he was. I think he was too young to really. Well, oh, I mean, he wasn't okay. too young because he was in. He was a child actor in the 80s, but I don't think he was really in anything. Oh, what's it called? It's a volcano movie. It's about a volcano. Is it's it about, about a, vol- a volcano? It's about a, well, kind of. It's about a volcano, but it's got volcano active. Oh, it's volcano. Oh, volcano. That one. That one. That one. That's the other. I thought movie. that was about a subway. They are in a subway Sandwich. at some point. Oh, oh. <laughs> never mind. Uh, but yeah, so these were competing movies that were coming out. Uh, Dante's Peak came out in February. I believe Volcano came out in April. I always love that when studios get wind of what the other is doing, yes. and they're like. Well, see, I always wonder too. Is it is it on purpose that's, that's or is thing. it just is it on accident? Because the amount of time it takes to make a movie, it almost has to be a coincidence. I think it has to be a little bit. I think then the problem is you find out the other studio is doing it, and then you rush to get your yeah, done first. That's the thing, or get the better like placement for weekends. You know what I mean? Because this too would be right on the heels of Twister. Yes. So we're kind of in the late '90s. There was this moment of not full-on disaster movies, like we got into later. I mean, honestly, though, '97, you know, it came out that year, Independence Day, which yeah. started the reign of Roland Emmerich blowing shit up movies. And when did Armageddon come out? Was that a little bit after, like '98? Armageddon was either it might be like '96, even actually. Yeah. But so th- so it started with these kind of just uh, a little more focused natural disaster movies, and then turned into bigger and bigger disasters. That then turned oh, into yeah, big. Because then, then we got like uh, Day After Tomorrow. Day After Tomorrow. Well, yeah, well then started the reign of Roland Emmerich. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> then started Roland Emmerich blowing up America <laughs> for a while. So, um, but yeah, I, I actually didn't realize this one came out first. I thought Volcano was first just because that was the one I think I saw first. And remember liking more at the time. We have not See, watched. We haven't. Vo- I'm very curious. We haven't watched Volcano yet. Because I think we'll know which one was rushed by watching. Maybe. Yeah, because here's the thing. I, I, as the, the short, let's do our short little uh, kind of, uh, you know, blunt review. I kind of enjoyed this. I did too. You know what? This movie holds up as far as how it, it looks. It actually does. It looks great. There's looks a lot great. of, there's very few distracting like digital effects. There's That's really what I thought. They're really, they're really light on the CGI. And then there's a lot of great miniature work. I was going to say, their models look good. Their models look fantastic. Yeah. When, when Dante's Peak, the town, is actually being you destroyed. Can almost, you can almost barely tell. Sometimes you can be like, okay, that's I can tell. Yeah, I can tell because I have a good eye for it. Right. But, but also when I notice it, I'm happy because I like a good model getting blown up. Yeah. <laughs> it makes, especially when you can make it look good. But yeah, the way they shot it, it just like yeah. worked. Like their angles were like, I was like, God damn, this I, I'm yeah. believing this. There's great miniature work. Um to me, the movie peters out a little bit towards the end. It kind of yeah. just quits. Well, and it kind of starts slow. They have like a nice little spurt in the middle, and then it just yeah. And then it does it does fade. At it, the does, end it does kind of just kind of sputter out. Yeah. Um, but but otherwise, I was actually surprised how much I was just enjoying the movie, being like, oh yeah, and, and not from just a nostalgic place because I barely remembered the movie like beat by beat. You know oh yeah, I mean? no, I remember bits and pieces. There was but. a couple little like just moments I remember because they stuck with me as a kid. But otherwise, beyond that, I'm like, I don't really remember how this movie totally plays out. And it was 
just kind of a fun little watch. I mean, yeah, it felt like a movie from 1997 a little Absolutely. bit. But it, still, it does. It looks good. It looks good. It looks good. I think the... Because um, even like, you can tell it was remastered. I watched it on Amazon. Yeah, me too. But it still looked good. It like... Yeah. No. It looked good. There was yeah, there was really no janky effect in it for me. No. Not really. I think the worst is there is the scene where the lava busts through the cabin. That was you a get little taken bit. out a little bit. But it a wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. No, not no, not That's for the, the thing. time. It's not bad. It's really not bad. Um Yeah, because even when like the big effects heavy parts are happening, they look pretty good. Well, and I kinda like forgot like Pierce Brosnan kind of had it going on back then too, though. Yeah, he carried this movie pretty well. He's very charismatic. He did. I think. I think he's a good lead for this. I, I wish they would have decided whether he was going to be fun and charming or tortured. They kind of didn't really commit one way or the other if he was this brooding bad boy geologist right. or, <laughs> or, or the real, the real James Dean of the rock yeah. community. <laughs> Yeah, or if he's this like funny, charming. They they, you know, they do flip flop quite a bit. They do a little bit. They scene wanted to him to scene. fill kind of both roles a yeah. little bit, but uh, but but he does a great job because because I, I like Pierce Brosnan. I think I he, do too. He's, yeah, he's a very charming man. I guess I forgot how much I did like him because I don't. No, I get I've that. seen him forever. No, I, I kind of forgot because I forgot too how how good he is just playing like a normal guy. Because usually when you think of him, he's like James Bond right. or something like that. But in this, I'm like, oh yeah, he gets to just be kind of, even though he's a handsome motherfucker, uh, he plays a good everyman. He does actually, he does. yeah. You know, and even and what I like too is even when he's kind of hiding his accent, it comes out a little bit. But it's still real nice. <laughs> it is really nice. You know what I mean? I do. He just has a good voice. He has a good tenor to his voice, yeah. which is very pleasing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But yeah. um, and it's always just nice. I'm just you know, and it, glad anytime Linda Hamilton gets work. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if she was right. For I don't. This I was just role. gonna say I don't think this was the one. I don't think this was great for her. She acted fine. Her acting's fine. Yeah. She just doesn't fit in that role. No, and I think that's the curse of. Being too good as Sarah Connor. That's what I was going to say, yeah. She almost like, I want her to be a badass. Yeah, this thing, I can't really buy her as like a lady who needs help, which also is not a great way to write a character anyway. And no. she's good in this because she's the mayor and stuff too, but she's also the mayor that runs a coffee shop or something. Yeah, there's a lot of flipping, flip-flopping it's in this bit, movie. It's like baffling. Our characters yeah. are all kind of baffling. <laughs> yeah. Well, same thing with, um, oh shit, who's his boss? Who's Pierce's boss? Harry's boss, Paul? Paul is the character. Paul name. also flip-flops. Yeah, a little bit. In the very bit. beginning, he's like this huge asshole. Yeah, you know, but then later we we like Paul yeah, we now. We like him. Yeah, we like him. Yeah, it's this. I I wish they would have committed a little more. We'll get into what this means, but I wish they would have committed a little bit more into um, Pierce Brosnan's character, Harry Dalton. I believe is the character's name. Um, I, w- I if they would have leaned into him being a little more um, reactive, being quick to pull the trigger, because in the setup there's a cold open in the movie where because he's a volcanologist. Yes. Real um, word. I had to look it up. I was like, that sounds I knew fake. it was a real I think it was a real word. The problem is everyone does say it like Vulcanologist. And that's why in the, even in the movie the kid just goes like Spock. Yeah. Because every, that's how everyone says it, but it is like volcanologist. It's an O. Right. <laughs> but it's a studier uh, that you know, you are in the study of volcanoes. 
But the cold open is him and his girlfriend at the time. They are studying. I believe they're in Colombia. Yes. And there's a volcano going up. And as they're trying to escape, she is killed by a, a flying rock, which I did remember that moment. My brain put it later in the movie. I oh, thought it okay. happened to someone escaping like during Dante's Peak sure. exploding. I forgot it was because once it was happening, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's in the cold open. Because I remember a rock going through the truck's truck uh, roof hitting somebody. Right now, Marion. Marion, you gotta go right this second, right now, He's, you know, got that he's carrying with him. This movie takes place four years after that. And then later, too, when he starts finding these, like, warning signs of the volcano, and then he starts getting, like, he wants, he calls, like, a town hall meeting, and is being like, we should prepare for evacuation. And then when his boss shows up, he's like, hey, man, he's like, I can't, I can't have people creating a panic on a hunch. And I was like, well, it's not a hunch. He has actual thing, like, two people just well, died in a hot spring because it turned into boiling water. Yeah. And also, even when he, like, almost knows it, like, when that, the water source turns, yeah, they're very slow to react. Yeah, and it, it's like, I, I I wish they would have done a little bit more of maybe making him a little more reactive and the boss being like, hey, you're still touchy. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, and that's the thing. They didn't really lean into the fact that he probably has some PTSD from yeah losing someone and being in a volcano because they don't really highlight that, which you think they would. Well, and they also, too, the movie takes us four years later and then everyone just references how he needs a vacation. He never takes time off. He's a workaholic. So, I'm like, so he's been an upstanding employee for four years after the death of his girlfriend. Yeah. I think it'd be better, like, a, a better fix would be like, oh, this is a year after or maybe, you know, a few months after. Right. And this fresh. is like this is the first thing they're sending him on. So maybe he's a little jumpy. So everyone has to be. Oh like, yeah, it shouldn't hey, be him man. just coming back to work. It shouldn't be something like that. Yeah. yeah. Where, or like this is his first active one he's been on in a while, and everyone yeah. being so like, he's understandably jumpy. Yeah. Because then even too when they kind of convince him, like I I don't know if it is gonna erupt. He kind of has a moment of being like, yeah, maybe I don't know. I think that would have been a better moment to have the character actually be like, shit, maybe I am just so revved up because of what happened last time that I am seeing signs that aren't there or something. But then it's like, no, he is just right. Yeah. And all the signs are there. <laughs> and yeah, like, everything was pointing towards that happening, and then sure enough. Yeah, you know, and I I do like the science of this movie. They are pretty practical. But I did read some... some- Little yeah. blurbs, and they said that yeah, they're actually no, not yeah. too far off. On no, what the they did. the the U.S. Geological Survey does say like this is actually they're like aside from just movie logic stuff, it's actually pretty spot on to how the warning signs of a volcano build up. Yeah, but I also think that is why it didn't do as good as Volcano because it's a movie. Yeah, because it's a little not, more. It's not as fun. Yeah, it's not based on just movie situations. It is based on like, no, here's how a volcano erupts. Yeah. <laughs> here's Here are the signs. Here's what starts it, the first signs. And here's what happens when a volcano actually erupts. It's not just... Yeah, because they do slow build to the eruption of the volcano. Yeah. And, and I think that's maybe what kind of maybe hurt this movie a little bit. I think that. And also, like, it's, you know, there's a little bit of lava, but not much. And that's what everyone thinks of with volcanoes. But usually when a volcano erupts, really the problem is avalanches and, yeah, and landslides and, and, and the explosions ash. and ash. Yeah. Lava is kind of the the, the after. And usually lava kind of flows pretty slow. It can go fast, but it does. Usually okay. it's like it's not it's not what 
like lava didn't kill everyone in Pompeii. Right. It was the explosion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't that stuff. So um so that was it was actually kind of I think now as as an adult, I appreciate a movie that was just about the science of a volcano erupting. I'm sure as a kid I didn't like this as much as volcano. Right. Although I do think well no, I actually I saw both of them a few times. So I, I was I was I was deep in the volcano wars of ninety seven. <laughs> no, right, but you I didn't become a volcanist. A volcanologist. Uh, a volcanist. A volcanist. <laughs> um yeah, a born again volcanist. <laughs> I don't know. But the acidity in the lake is high enough to bother me, and there's enough carbon dioxide coming out of the soil to start killing trees and wildlife and Paul. Paul, you sent me up here to check. I'm doing that. I think attention should be paid. So, they, yeah, they send him to this town. Yeah, because they literally just like, hey, we're getting some weird readings from Dante's Peak. Yeah. Go check it out. And then when he gets to town, I like this part where this movie basically starts out as Jaws. I wrote down it's Jaws meets Twister. Yeah. Because then the quirky Twister team shows up to help him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like that. It felt like it was doing yeah. both those. But no, def- definite Jaws vibes, too, which is perfect for our show. Yeah. But very much of just being like, well, we got, new, we got new investors in town, yeah, and, it's, and it's the big centennial. Well, and then they have the actual town meeting oh, with I, the council members. On, dude, fucking right here on my notes, it says Jaws City Council. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was watching. I was like, this is Jaws right now. Yeah. I thought this was supposed to be an extinct volcano. Uh, not extinct, just dormant, as in sleeping. Your volcano might just be waking up. Mr. Dalton, you're talking about the evacuation of 7,400 people. You don't think that's a little extreme? All I'm talking about is that you consider alerting the town to the possibility of an evacuation. What Mr. Dalton here doesn't realize is that if Elliot Blair gets the idea that there's some kind of problem here, he's going to take his $18 million, his 800 jobs, and he's going to evacuate. Les, two people are dead, this and we don't know isn't about Blair Industries. But, but weirdly, though, the mayor is on his side, yes. and then who, the mayor in this is his boss. That's what I, was, that's other what I thought, too. I was like, it's almost like if Hooper showed up and was the mayor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and they kind of had a Hooper character. Uh, the guy who breaks his leg. Oh, Terry. Which Terry. was confusing at a point because it was Harry and Terry going on a thing together. And I was like, wait, because there was a moment where I went, are they both named Harry? And then I realized they were saying Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point I thought this, I thought someone called Paul Jerry. And I'm like, wait a minute, how many fucking writing names are on this team? And then I realized I was, I was wrong. I think I just misheard something. But yeah, so then he goes and looks at Dante's Peak and he starts taking readings. And it's like, yeah, like the, the pH balance of like the local like the lake near the mountain is too high or whatever. Yep. And then there's a hot spring, like the, the death you get, there's these two teens who strip and then they go into a hot spring and then it boils them alive. And I love too. There's a moment where like birds get scared. They look around. They're like, I know it's probably nothing. I'm like, I, I like, that too. I the, like that. The, this is a monster movie. The ominous nature <laughs> yeah. warning that they yeah. always have to do. The volcano's coming for you. Yeah. Cause they made it seem like something was uh, going to attack them, but instead just <laughs> the hot spring boils them, which then Harry he calls the, they find the bodies. They find he, the bodies with the children. Yeah. And I love that part too where they get in the car and Harry's like, are you guys okay? Yeah, we're okay. The fuck you're okay. It's okay. I've seen a dead body before. <laughs> you just saw two boiled human beings. <laughs> you're not okay. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Lyndall Hamilton, she plays the uh, the mayor and 
Uh, she's got two kids, and their grandma, who is who is her ex-husband's mom, Grandma Ruth, Grandma Ruth, because um, they have like a tension thing, but it only plays. That's only a part of the the beginning, and then they wrap it up at the end of the movie. But really, that's about it. Like I would, yeah. I actually would have loved a little more tension between them there. This movie too is they just they're like the biggest example of Chekhov. Chekhov's volcano. Everything you see in the beginning, first act, plays out in the third. But they don't do much with it in between. No. Yeah. That I think that's the issue is they only are like, yeah. well, we got to wrap it they up They reference the it in the first and then they're like, okay, we're going to come no, back I, to it now. I would agree with that 100%. Because yeah. Yeah, they, they, they set up these things and it's like, all right, we'll ignore them until act three. Until, and it, we until need it becomes to, relevant. Until yeah, we yeah. need to use it. Yep. And it's like, no, like, because the grandma's not in the middle of the movie at all. No. And I'm like, I would have loved some more tension. Because once they have their, like, catharsis, you know, they're, when they, I mean, when the grandma dies, you know, whatever. Spoiler. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, like, when that happens, they kind of patch up that. They have this, like, moment of understanding, whatever. Like, well, I would have loved a little more in the middle with them. Yeah. For that moment to have an effect on me. It was still when a it, pretty good scene, I will no, say. No, it works, but when it happens, I'm still kind of like, I would have yeah. loved a little more. We don't have a lot of background on Grandma Ruth. Yeah. Really, all it took would have been one more scene, like, in the middle of them having a disagreement. Yeah. Because in the, in the beginning, when they meet, it's a little more... It's that they're polite, but it's tense because they're, they're the kids are there, whatever. But nice if there was like a nice if there was a blow up in the middle, where like maybe you know uh, Mayor Sarah Connor uh, <laughs> yells at Ruth or, yeah. or or Ruth says something shitty or something. You know what I mean? Something in the middle. Just to- no. She could come at Ruth and say, "Where the fuck is Kyle at? Where's Kyle Reese? <laughs> My ex husband, Kyle <laughs> Reese." <laughs> He said he was from the future, and then he knocked me up and left. And guess what? No robots! <laughs> Nothing! He caught me. I was just a young waitress with ice cream in my pocket because that shitty kid put it in there. It's a very, very specific That's really obscure. from the beginning of Terminator. Um, but yeah. Uh, um, then Wait, from there, did Skynet send a volcano to kill? Now, this is interesting. You, you're now... You've given the idea for a robot volcano. <laughs> so, vol- volcano bot. Rocano. <laughs> Sorry, I've sidetracked this. Into a great movie idea. Um, but yeah, so then once once those kids die in the, the hot spring, then the. We kind of crawl along for a little while. And we kinda, just keep, yeah. we get like hints here and there that more activity is happening. Yeah. The Scooby Doo gang shows up, like you said. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a Scooby gang. They it show is. They're up. in a van. Well, that's why the second they showed up and they've all got their own personality traits, I'm like, this is the team from from Twister. Yeah. That's so I'm like, this is, this is Jaws meets Twister versus the volcano. Yeah, no, 100%. They borrowed, yeah. they borrowed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Joe versus the volcano versus Twister yeah. versus Joss. <laughs> but um, but yeah, then they uh then like the middle part of the movie is them just investigating the volcano and nothing happens for a while. No, because they just keep basically saying it's not gonna blow up, Harry. Well, and like and that's why I I wish they would have played there a little bit more with Harry's mental state. I think would have been a fun way to do that of of him maybe react like overreacting a little bit and then being like 
Hey. No, because he never really overreacts. No, he doesn't. And even and Paul has a good point. There's times where he's like, he's like, listen, we went to a town and I was certain that it was gonna erupt, and then it didn't, but we caused a panic. Yeah, and it no, di- he he has he's his his points are very valid. And he's like, and it financially destroyed the yeah. town because everyone left. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, well, I see where Paul's coming yeah, from. That you don't want to jump on this. It's you know. Um, and then the problem is once they finally are like, ooh, okay, the signs are bad. Let's have the town Let's meeting. Let's have a town meeting. And the whole town is there. And then the volcano just erupts. Literally, they yeah. go outside and they go, ah, fuck, it already erupted. I'm like, we didn't even get to like see it, though. Okay, listen, I know it's tough to think about leaving our homes, but clearly it's the most responsible thing to do right now. I'd like to turn the floor over now to Dr. Harry Dalton. Thank you, Mayor Wondo. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, these are just precautionary measures. Um... We don't want to start a panic. Did anybody feel that? Ladies and gentlemen, please remain calm. Please just stay. Felt that. And then, and then the rest of it is then just kind of trying to run from it. No, then it just becomes a Roland Emmerich movie. A little bit, shit but, starts blowing up. but more contained. Uh, 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 okay, a a toned down Roland Emmerich. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, a, a less extreme Roland Emmerich yeah. movie. Um, and yeah, then once that they, there's a bunch of little things that happen that we can get into. But like at the end, once they're like running away from like the actual big explosion of the mountain and then they drive into a mine yeah, shaft. I, I was lost at this part. They really lost me here. They didn't lose me, but I kind of checked out a little bit. Once they're in the mine, I'm like, okay. And then they just wait down there until they're saved because he starts this beacon and then it goes back to the, the Scooby gang. And one guy goes, how long has that light been flashing? The guy oh, goes, couple one days. Or two days. I know. And they're like, and he's like, Harry, you son of a bitch. I'm like, that doesn't mean he's alive. Yeah. That's been beeping for a couple days and no one noticed. Well, and then. Means he may be suffocated well, and in this fucking mind. Once they save him, he's he's fine. You know, he has a broken arm, hasn't had water for one to two days, but he's he's cool. And is also crushed in a truck under rocks, which yeah. wouldn't allow for a lot of air. No. But he seems to be perfectly fine. And then he's saved, and then you just get the other ones out. And I'm like, well, you didn't do anything like super heroic. No. You just got everyone stuck in a mine shaft. And then it's that like dumb scene where everyone's clapping around them. Yeah. I really didn't like the ending. Yeah, the ending was a little like, we'd had, we had to do something to end the movie. Had to end the movie somehow. Yeah. Well, and then also... Pierce Brosnan just becomes the stepdad of those children because he's going to take them fishing. Which he told them two days ago and the kids remembered because yeah. they've been separated yeah. in a mine shaft for two <laughs> days. <laughs> Should we open our let's, other lineys? So this is the Juicy Peach. Ooh. I can't I can't say it normal. How can you? Let me try. I'll try to say it normal. Here we go. So this is the line in Kugel's Juicy Peach. Okay, hang on. Let me... Peach. <coughs> I can too. Peach. I can say peach normal. Okay. Juicy. There we go. Okay. I just got to put them together now. Okay. Easy. Juicy peach. God damn it. Okay. Well, Bro, whatever. All right. What is your pro? It's not the juicy peach. See, it's hard yeah, to say. It's hard to say it normal. <clears throat> never mind. So anyway, this is the line in Kugel's juicy peach. Refreshing and tart with natural peach flavors. Lining Kugel's Juicy Peach is a refreshing and easy drinking beer that balances delicious sweetness from natural peach juice with, with, with subtle tart notes. 
This approachable, thirst-quenching beer is packed with flavor and sure to please your palate with its smooth finish. I'm curious uh, what that saying, it's thirst-quenching and approachable. Because it usually means, when someone says it's approachable, a lot of times it means it's a bad beer. <laughs> um, this one is 4.4 ABV. What was this one? This was 4.2, I think. Oh, it's 0.2% stronger Whoa. than the grapefruit shandy. Let's go ahead and crack her open. Nice little clink. Now try time to try this. Bone saw is really. Ooh. That's got really, really good peach flavor. Ooh. Like, it doesn't taste fake. You know how sometimes peach no. is really fake tasting? Yeah, that's a good peach flavor. It is a little tart. It's maybe a little more tart than I'd like, but I like that quite a bit, actually. That's nice. That's actually quite tasty. No, I like that. That's dangerous, too, because it doesn't taste like a beer. No. That tastes that's just a like, fruit juice. That's yeah. a nice, like, just peach drink. Yeah. <laughs> so that could get you into some trouble. Okay, you know what? We've said it before, whereas mass producers go, Lineys is kind of high on the list of the ones that are... They do tend to get our goats. <laughs> <laughs> the dramatic pause before get our goats. I was trying to think of something else. No, That's but what I... fell out of my face, so... <laughs> That's what fell out of my face. Yeah, no, I, they, I, I would say as like a bigger brand, a, a bigger brand of beer. A better brand of beef makes a butter burger better. As a bigger brand of beer goes, I'd say they are the most consistent and the most flavorful. I agree, yeah. Because the price point, very good. It What you'd pay for it would be like what you'd pay for a Budweiser or yeah. something like that. You know, maybe a dollar more. Maybe. But, pr- like but a, pretty goddamn Because what, like a six pack of something Lineys is going to be like eight bucks? Yeah, eight bucks. Seven bucks, eight bucks. Uh, I mean, this is a 12 pack, probably was 12 bucks or whatever, you know, maybe a little bit more. I don't know 15. exactly, but it wasn't much. Yeah, it's Not definitely much. way less than the normal. It's But yeah, it's kind of on the level of mass produced beer, but like they they don't let us down much. Because even when we did like their weird, you know, uh, that brewology pack yeah. that we did when we were lost in the woods, we had to go oh, to that cabin. Harrowing time. Well, that's what kept us alive for a lot of it. Um, some of the flavors were weird, but a couple of the mixtures were good. And, you know, and they clearly weren't meant to be like, this is our new flagship beer. Like, no, it was just no. like, this is our weird fucking pack we're doing. <laughs> like, but no, they're they're solid, though. They are solid. Very they solid. are solid. My, my hat is off them. Because like we said before, too, that's hard to do to mass produce and have a consistent, like, good taste. All four of these in this pack, I think this this is a, it's a good kick off to the summer oh it's, it's named it's named beer. very correctly it's a good summer pack and i'd say sure. if you if you are having a hangout in your backyard you have a little grill out buy a couple packs of this you are going to please a lot of different flavor palettes you will too yeah right because this one's a little more sweet a little more this like one, a, this one's not even really beer not you even could, beer this, this one's could easily into a little a, more like a, a sour a little uh or a cider yeah to a non-beer drinker, this is yeah, perfect. I think this is good. It barely tastes like a beer. Yeah. I think that that grapefruit one is just a, a good kind of easy drinking. I mean, we've already fawned over Lemon Haze, yeah. which I think is maybe perfect for what it is. Yeah. And then Summer Shandy is just a classic. It's classic. Yeah. You Summer can't. Shandy's classic. Theirs is good. It's hard to go wrong. Like I would put that and the, um, the Sam Adams Summer Shandy kind of in the same 
category. They're both just good, or the, what is it? Summer shandy? It's like lemon shandy. What do they call that? I don't know, honestly. But they have a, they have a good like citrusy okay. lemon I don't one know too. If I've that's had good. That they kind of they kind of go together. Um, but yeah, it's solid, man. It's delicious. I like that. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, that's very tasty, and it's very peachy. Yeah, has a good peach flavor. Solid, 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 solid peach flavor, dog. Good. Dude, dude, solid. Jump in your fucking car. <laughs> get, well, have a couple of these peach brews and get in your car. Drive around, drive fast, take chances. Um, what else about the old Duante's Peak? Duante's Peak. Okay, Duante's Peak. Duante's Peak. Well, um, what else we want to touch on? It's like I, I guess I, to go back to our cold open. Yeah, they are the this town. Oh yeah, Duante's Peak. The town has one as a town. Is yeah. the second most, what is it they call it, the most desirable place to live? The, yeah, the, they were voted second, second for, yeah, most desirable place to live in the United States. I believe they said, one guy says, uh, we were second to some crap hole in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. And then, did you notice at her coffee shop, she was voted number one espresso east oh, of Seattle. well... It's kind of a weird lot of references for a lot of voting going on in this town. I mean, also, east of Seattle is all of America. So that's <laughs> actually pretty impressive. <laughs> if they mean only in Washington, because Dante's Peak is in Washington, if they mean just that state, less impressive. But if it's east of Seattle for the rest <laughs> of America, that's pretty good. That's a good espresso. That's pretty fucking good. That's a- I, I do like that scene, too, when he walks in. And she lists all these options, and he's just like, "I'll take a black coffee." Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, "Yeah, I have, I have no time for this." I, and I think that's a little joke at like how coffee, you know, mass-produced right. coffee was changing in the '90s because of Starbucks in Seattle and all that stuff. But uh, that's we started people be like, "Whatever happened to just regular coffee?" Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a lot of specifics because I, I didn't take a lot of notes for this movie because I was just, it was just an enjoyable watch. It was just. I don't know. It's just I I yeah, I agree where you said like it kind of um it slows down not in like the beginning but like the the beginning of act 2 maybe like that yeah. kind of you know not quite the midpoint but it got, it gets a little just also time is really inconsistent. It's hard to tell me days have passed. No, they're not very clear on that. Cuz the one guy, Terry, they go up to the mountain yeah. and there's like an earthquake and he gets crushed by rocks and like he has a broken leg and they show him in the hospital. But and then, then the next scene, the he's... next scene is him on crutches and they're like, it's like, it's been the two days we got to leave Harry. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And yeah, then again, the... then they mentioned too, they're like, you asked for two days. Harry. I, gave you, I gave you a week. Yeah. And I'm like, did a week just jump by? What is happening here? And then at the end of the movie, then after they're crushed in the mine, then like, how long has it been on? <laughs> a couple days. Couple I'm like, days. whoa, this isn't the next scene? I thought this was like a little bit afterwards. Yeah, this movie really likes to jump around. Time gets a little muddled because then something like, well, I guess we're going to go because the mountain hasn't erupted yet. Um, but that's that's kind of it. But I, um, but again, I think the, the special effects hold up. Oh, um, Paul. His boss, when yes. he dies in the bridge, he gets a Wilhelm scream. Did you notice? I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's on, he gets when stuck in this flips. bridge and it flips and you get a little, ah! <laughs> and he falls out like, oh, Paul gets a Wilhelm. Well, that, was, that was an odd scene too. Because his whole crew just watches him die. They barely react. Which I get. There's nothing they can do, but they do just slowly watch him and they're like, well, he's in the water. He's dead. And I'm like, well, he could be alive. Still. Like it, He just fell in the water. Like, But they're just like, oh, well, it's the end of that character. Gotta go. <laughs> 
And he also stays in that van for too long because the Way br- too long. so he's in this bridge. It gets swept away, and then he's on it, like trying to. I don't know if his plan is to jump it off the bridge. Yeah, because he's just desperately trying to get his van to move. Yeah, and I love all stuck. the other. I love all the other characters. Like, get out! Yeah, Paul, get out! Hey, get out of the, get out of the van and just jump in the. We can we might be able to get you out of the water. We can't get you off this bridge. No, and then as soon as he gets out, he just freezes, and yeah, then just stands it, the, the bridge and, overturns. And he's like, oh, dang, I guess this is my sacrifice, but, like, nothing. <laughs> like, we did, like, Paul didn't really need to die. It was, a, really, die, it was yeah. a very needless death. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I do remember watching being like, oh, yeah, Paul does die for no reason at all. It's a weirdly patient movie. It's pretty because even after the mountain starts erupting and the town evacuates, there's a lot of calm. Where then after like the initial evacuation, the town is just sitting covered in ash, and yeah. they're back in there and they're trying to find supplies and trying to get a new truck or whatever. It is yeah, it is strange for that time because most of the time from the '90s, it's explosion after explosion after explosion. Well, that was especially the beginning of it, like the start of the like you gotta. Fuck, I mean, the star of Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich and Michael Bay were the first ones to be like, things need to always be blowing up, you yeah. know? Um, let's talk about the one scene, just because I know it's it's one that sticks in people's uh, memory, um, is the death of the grandma. I was going to say, are we talking about Ruth? Yeah, so when they, they have to go, because fucking Grandma Ruth, she will not leave the mountain. She will not. They've called her several times, being like, hey, you got to go, this mountain's going to blow up. She's no. like, I'll be fine. It's like, Earlier you in won't. the movie, she gets very offended by Harry even mentioning the chance of the volcano blowing up yeah even though didn't it happen once around that town was that mentioned earlier in the movie i think this has been dormant for a long time but they do know it's a volcano right like they know that you know and i do think this movie is very much meant to play off of mount saint helen because mount saint helen erupted in 1980 and before that it hadn't erupted since like 1875 something but everyone knew it was it was a volcano and then when they started getting warning signs, people were kind of like, eh, you know, and and we're like waiting and like gathered to watch it. And everyone was like, hey, hey, don't. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> Guys, you, sh- you should go. You don't realize how bad this will be if it erupts, you know. Um, so I think it's playing off a lot of that kind of idea. And I like, too, that when when it actually erupts, it like it gets it doesn't get bogged down it. But there's a little bit like the touch of the stupidity of people. Who right away? Who are first being like, "Well, what's even happening?" Then, oh no, everyone just trample people. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and then, like the fucking helicopter pilot, um, who like, the helicopter pilot is the true villain of this movie. Oh, he sucked from day one. Even though we have no real scene with him, but when Terry gets crushed on the yeah. mountain, they call him. They're like, "We need an evacuation right away." And they're like, "He's he's renegotiating his offer. He wants double." And Paul goes, "Give him whatever he wants. We need to save our yeah. guy." I'm like, "What a piece of shit!" That's what I would. Yeah. And then yeah, the, the guy's only line in the movie is, um, "Where is it? I have it written down." Oh, if he has to work through lunch. Yeah, flying during my lunch break, I get overtime. And it's like, okay. And it's like this is the only thing we've used you for. What lunch break? Yeah, right. You've been you've been working for pretty an sure, hour. Pretty sure we scheduled you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so the the so the helicopter pilot in Dante's Peak is a real uh, piece of shit. He's a real bad person. Um, 
Well, his demise comes because he flies down to town while the ash is coming down. To save people, and someone runs but out and says he's he's demanding $1,500 $1, to get airlifted Which, who out. Who the fuck is going to have $1,500 cash on him while they're running in a panic? That's a good point. That's a very good point. Although this is, you know, this is kind of pre-debit cards. Maybe you just needed a pocket, maybe. a pocket full of exorbitant amounts or maybe, of money. Or maybe our pilot just has a pocket full of IOUs. Those are as good <laughs> as cash, my friend. But um, yeah, but so so grandma, grandma don't want to leave the mountain, no. even though she lives on eruption lane, yeah, pretty much. She's like lives the highest above town. Um, but so that whole situation, because when they go get her and then immediately while they're gathering stuff, she's like, I'm not going to leave. And then, a, like you mentioned before, a torrent of lava just, just surprises pl- the house, just plows through, <laughs> just comes through the wall. They're like, ah, shit. And they go outside. The whole forest is on fire. And I'm like, you guys didn't notice anything. Which, yeah, you don't hear that. You didn't notice the smell, the smoke. I mean, there's got to be signs like it, it can move quick, but the whole forest was on fire. I'm like, you didn't you didn't notice anything. Uh, and then they get into a boat to go across the lake because the the roads are covered with lava now. Well, their vehicles were destroyed too. Their vehicles we saw were destroyed. That. Yep. And so they they're on a boat, and then slowly the the lake turns into acid and starts eating through the boat. Yes. Which destroys the the motor, and then uh, Grandma sacrifices herself. She jumps in the water and then pushes them to land. And I love this too because she gets a, they're very close. They probably, oh, yeah, insanely close. They probably would have made it without Ruth jumping in the water, but she jumps in anyway and, like, kind of drags them to the dock. And then instead of, like, crawling up under the dock, she decides to walk another to walk. 20 yeah. feet to land. And she, I love it, too, she goes, she's like, ah! Ah! <laughs> she walks they're, they're just like, Ruth! Ruth, get out of the water! Yeah, Ruth, Ruth, get out! She's like, I'm fucking trying! <laughs> She walks to land, and then she's alive for like, like the rest of the night because it's daylight when they find. She's like, "Fucking pull me down!" Just I know she's like, "I just, I literally just want to die." She just please just let please. me die here. I'm covered in burns, and then that's where they have their catharsis moment. But it's like we have those two scenes. We have Ruth in the beginning, which I love too. They go there to leave the kids to go check out uh, for her for the mayor yeah. to go show Pierce Brosnan around. And then, and then Ruth's she, like, no, we're, we're she's all She's like, going. you know what? Because they're like, can the kids stay here while we go do this? She goes, you know what? We'll all go. We'll go to the hot springs. Let's bring the dog, too. And I, I do love that Pierce Brosnan kind of goes like, okay. I'm just, I just really want to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've got to take this fucking grandma and kids and a dog with me to my work. <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't know. Is that it? Is I that think that's about it. I mean, that's, that's all we got. It, it's like, yeah. I don't have any major complaints. No, I I genuinely enjoyed it. I yeah. genuinely no, it was, I did. It was you know, there's moments I kind of uh, tuned out. Like like we said, the the ending. I just because then yeah, after they run from the mountain exploding, they it's too much. They should have they just they should have just they should have just got that they did set up in Act One. You're right. They set that up at the beginning, and then we never well, came back to it until the end. Then they crash into it. Well, there's that. Okay, so there's the mine. Yep. There is the truck with the snorkel on it. Oh, did they bring that up in the beginning? They show it, yeah. They show him driving it oh, around. I don't remember that. Because um, he just says it when he drives it into the water, and she's like, "Will this make it?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's got a snorkel." And, well, and, think, then it, and then it cuts to it, and I'm like, "Well, that seemed convenient to yeah. just suddenly throw into the movie." But all right, well, he he rolls up with it into town, and they kind of like have an establishing shot where you're seeing it. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Gotcha, so that was gotcha. something I noticed. It would have been good if they would explain that earlier for it to not feel so movie logic convenient, right? Of being like, "I oh, don't worry, this car is fine in water." And I'm like, "Well, I would have liked maybe a." 
just being like, oh, this is a goofy looking truck. Oh, it has a snorkel for the, yeah. you know, it was just a good throwaway something, line. Something. Would have, would have pleased my setup payoff brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. What but else? Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember. That's where there's but something yeah, else. The situation but, with the, but the, Ruth, mine too, the, the mine too. The mine She goes to get her kid. Yeah. But it is, it's literally. It's all things that you set up in act one, pay off in act three, middle of the movie. We're not really going <laughs> to. We don't care. <laughs> we're not going to bring it up again. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I was actually surprised at how well it held up. As well it held up. Easy, Joan. Or is it Sean? <laughs> that is a reference to the commentary we recorded and not this. No, it's not at all. So if they have not listened to the Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre commentary we did, that meant nothing. <laughs> I know. I don't care. <laughs> Sharktoberfest. I don't care. That's the tagline. <laughs> um, is that going to do it for Dante's Peak? I think so. Um I recommend. Oh, you recommend? Yeah. It, it was it was actually no, a fun re- revisit. Rewatch. It was re-watch. actually a fun revisit. If you did enjoy it when you were younger, you're still going to. Yeah, if you have like a nostalgic view on this movie, it it earns it. Yeah, it it works. I'm I'm interested to watch Volcano next to be. Like, I'm does very curious. That hold up? I don't know because again, I remember bits and pieces. One and that one I know is a little schlockier, is a little oh, sillier. Absolutely. This this one is is actually pretty restrained in its uh, no because they do they do logic. try to keep this a little more based in reality. No, a little more based in the science of how a volcano yes. erupts. Where a volcano but... has a volcano in L.A. Yeah, it's not even a real volcano. It's just lava just shows up. It is too. Yeah. <laughs> Is Lava's the monster in that one? So I'm, I'm interested to watch that one. Is, isn't Don Cheadle in that one? Uh, I did see in the cast list. He is. I don't remember him in it. Yeah, but he's in the he control is. room. I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's one of the... Oh, now you're actually making memories. I just remember Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Heche yeah. are the ones I remember in that I one. do remember another scene. I'm not going to talk about it now, but I'm excited to I, see I remember it. scenes from that one. I do yeah. remember scenes from that. I, I remember more of that one, but I think that one goes a little more movie beat than Dante's Peak does. Right. I'm excited. I mean, should we just watch that tonight? Yeah. Should we just go sit down and watch it and record that too? We could. We could end this episode right now and not do special features. <laughs> no, we're only an hour in. We still have an hour to record. <laughs> and then try to chisel out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Dante's speak. We did it. I felt that. Say Logan. Yeah. Should we do a shot? Oh, I guess. I mean, if there's something here that we can do. I'm glad you said that. I happen to have two shots of Jameson Orange. Oh my god, he pulled it out from under his hat that he's been wearing this whole time. <laughs> no one can see you do that. <laughs> I know. Uh yeah, Jameson Orange. I have had this. You haven't had this yet. No. You, I've, we mentioned it. But. I've had it, and I will say it lives up to its name. You'll see. We're just doing these straight from the little bottles. Yes. Hey, that's a, a nice sound. Finally, there we go. Very orange. Yeah, it's good though. It's good because it's orange zest. It's, it's not or- just orange, but it's orange zest. But also, like, it doesn't taste as much like whiskey, which is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this falls in that category of that screwball peanut butter whiskey. Yes, could nope. be in trouble. Now let's see how it goes when I wash it down with peach. Yeah, it works just fine. Yeah. Okay, so. Since we are digging into summer, we have our list of movies we're doing. But but our specific thing is we're doing hot movies. Is our is our gag for the summer. But what's a movie that says summer to you? I got a couple. 
I know. I kind of have a couple too. Well, let's let's do one. All right. Why don't you start? Okay. Please. Fine. All right. Let's. I dig. fucking will. Let's <laughs> dig into this. Um. So one for me that always kind of screams summer, and it literally because it starts as summer break. Dazed and confused. Very good. Yes. It's a good summer break movie because it's literally about kids, their last day of school, and going into summer break. It always gives me that feeling, especially like it's very. It, it reminds me of our hometown. Yeah, and getting well, off for the yeah, summer. And it's a fun kind of meandering movie. Oh, for sure. It doesn't really have like a, a, a focus, but all these little storylines meet at different places. Yeah, and so it, which is also feels very summery. Feels aimless, especially when you're a kid in a small town. Oh, absolutely. And even though it takes place in Texas in the 70s, I've always found that to be the most accurate to like my experience being in high school. That movie is the one I always look at to be like, yeah, that is what it's like. No, it is. Even too. though it's Texas in the 70s, feels exactly like being in Iowa in the early 2000s. It is. It's gathering in small groups of friends. Yep. And just meandering to other groups of friends. To other groups, and either something happens or nothing happens. And usually the something that happens is like, ooh, do you see so-and-so kiss so-and-so? Or, ah, this one guy tried to fight another guy, but then nothing happened. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. Yep. That's what it's like. That's exactly what it's like growing up where we grew up. Okay. What do you got? What's one you got? I kind of have a meandering one, too, a little bit. Oh, okay. The Sandlot. That was the fucking other one on my list, buddy. Is it really? Yeah. On my list too. Woo! Yes, Sandlot is a is a really good summer one because yeah, it's these kids in this town. It's like, what do they do? Yeah, they go play baseball, and they just kind of have their own little stories. And yeah. they had, and I love too because in that movie, like for the kids, it's it's high stakes. But when you view it through the adult lens, it's such an inconsequential movie, right? Of, even though it's the you know the Babe Ruth ball, whatever. But like, I love that's where when they finally resolve it with James Earl Jones. And he totally undercuts the whole movie because they have this whole thing of trying these scams of trying to get the ball back and this whole thing. And the dog is scary. And he's just like, why don't you just knock on the door? I'd have gotten it for you. And it's just like, there <laughs> it is. Yep, yep. The whole movie could have been fucking avoided if the kids just weren't kids. If exactly. they weren't scared to deal with an adult who they heard stories about. If they'd gone and knocked on the door, he'd have been like, oh, OK. Yeah, I'll get your ball. Because it's my dog. My dog listens to me. <laughs> It's actually pretty nice yeah. if you get to know him. Yeah, they actually end up having the dog hang out with them in the ball yeah, field. Right? Why don't you just knock on the door? I'd have gotten it for you. <laughs> like, I I always love that. Even as a kid, I'm just like that whole line just undercuts the whole movie so perfectly. <laughs> well, I stole your second. You did steal my second, and now I'm forgetting what my third was. Oh, my third one is a movie we've covered on this show twice. Jaws. Jaws uh, is a perfect summer movie. Jaws it's, is a summer it's movie. It's literally a Fourth of July movie, and it's it's just it's a good one to watch in the summer too. I know we always do it kind of going into the fall with October Sharktoberfest. Excuse me. Excuse me. Whoa. Excuse me. Um, but I thought about that. One. I'm like, yeah, that's a good. It is kind of weird because we movie. we do always watch it in the fall. Yeah. It's not a fall movie. It's not a fall movie. It's literally on the 4th of July. And I thought about putting it in our list. We talked about it, about maybe putting it in our summer list this year. We're like, ah, but it's just, it's the kickoff to Sharktoberfest. Right. And we have something different we're going to do with Jaws this year. Deep tease. That is a deep tease. That's all fall. you're getting. But we do have like a good chunk of this year planned out, which is not like us. <laughs> Feels weird. It does feel weird. Are there any good summer movies? Those are the ones. Those are the main ones I have on my list. Right. But yeah, mine. It's not. 
It's a little heavier, kind of. But Stand by Me feels like a good summer. movie. No, that's a. Gr- I think any movie that's like kids going on an adventure. Yeah, I think that's is what it good, is too. That's because that's what summer feels like. Because like we we were talking actually before we recorded, where it's like now when you're when we're adults, we don't get summer break anymore. We still have to work. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no there's to, no you know, break. Because even for me, like I get a little bit more of it now because I sub during the school year. You know, so when the school year's over, there is this like this break. But like I'm still. Well, you still don't get three months to just fuck off. No, I don't just hang out. Like especially this summer, I'm I'm gonna be in on the East Coast for you know a month doing shows and stuff like that. It's like I still have to work and cobble work together, but it still feels like it's still there. There's still that little kid mentality of just like ah, finally, yes. summer summer break. That's not really a break. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's I don't know. It's. I think that's just one of those things that's just inherently ingrained into all of this, and it, it might even be stronger for me too because my my brother works at the school, my mom works at the school, so like, right? So they, my brother has kids, so they kind of do get that. Yeah, even yeah. my younger brother, who's a firefighter, but like fire season kind of ends at the start of summer. It's really like like spring is when it's really bad. Spring kind of weird how your whole family is like pick these seasonal jobs. Everyone got a little, yeah, yeah. except for me, except for you. I picked. A, a non-job. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, fuck that. Hey, fuck jobs in general. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I would say Stand By Me feels like that. It feels like kind of a, a, a summer adventure movie. I think so, yeah. Because also, dude, they have scenes of like them around the fire and like telling stories and stuff like yeah. that. You, you got a little bit That's of that. That's just that vibe I was feeling, yeah. I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, there's one I can think of, but it's also one we're going to be covering this summer. What? Yeah. Should I say it? Just say it. What Hot American Summer? Absolutely. I knew that was Even it. Even though it's a gag, it's a it's a parody of summer movies. And But how we're going to be covering that one is not going to be on a regular episode, which, I mean, you'll probably figure it out, but that's the tease we're given. But that one... That one actually weirdly has become, even though it's it's a parody of all the summer camp movies of like the eighties in particular. Yeah, it's the best. It is. It's my summer camp movie. Yeah, and I've never been to a summer camp really. I know. I was thinking <laughs> that too. I haven't either. Like, I've never been to it. I feel but, like that movie is how we live vicariously through that movie. Yeah, to maybe go a to summer bit. camp. You know, maybe a little bit. But I love that one. That. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer, and then um, the first day of camp Netflix series, I think is perfect. Yeah. Ten years later was a little eh for me. That one felt like trying to... It was rep- a little forced. It felt forced. It felt like trying to redo yeah. the first... But like to me, first day of camp was perfect. Everything I wanted from it. Because I was nervous. Like Kids in the Hall, like I mentioned in the beginning. Right. I was nervous about replicating a thing I loved 20 years later. That one... I was. I think when I first watched it, I was two minutes in. And I was like, "Nope, this is perfect. This is perfect, and I love it. And I love that whole season because <laughs> like, it played off everything so perfectly, making fun of the idea that like, even though it's the first day of that, it's technically a prequel. Right. They're way older. Way older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have ridiculous origin stories that like, oh wow, they were different people at the beginning of this. Some of them are like, oh, they have whole different identities before the fucking movie. It's such a fun way to do that. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be, I think that would be, I, I mean, like, that's a good list. But yeah, you nabbed Sand- Sandlot was my second one. I That's thought Dazed awesome. and Confused second was Sandlot. So you got that at me. I'm, I'm glad we had a crossover. I think so. It always makes me feel good. It makes Yeah, me too. Because then it's like, oh, okay, good, good. We good. got, uh, we're on the same page. We are doing this for a reason. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't an accident. <laughs> uh, well, that's the shot. I eh? think it's the shot. Yeah. Perfect. Why don't you just knock on the door? I'd have gotten it for you. 
One last drink, sir. One last drink, sir. You have the uh, the grapefruit. I have the juicy peach. Oh, I'm so wet right now. God damn it. Not as wet as those Finema boys. Motherfucker! God damn it! They beat us again! Justin! Hogan! <laughs> what a weird first name, Hogan. Um, so I'll be honest with you, we didn't really come into this with a plan of what the special features segment would be. We did not. I did some light reading on uh, Mount St. Helens while I was watching uh, uh, the old the old Dante's Peak. Because um, it, it was feeling like that was what it was based on. Yes. Speaking of that, I did sure. do, I, I read a little bit of trivia. Okay. The establishing shots are uh, Mount St. Helens. Some of them. Some of them. And then some of them are faked. Nice. So they did one. People thought that when they're in the crater doing the research, when Terry gets his leg broken, so in the background they put a different mountain peak, so that l- looks like it's in Mount St. Helens, looking out. So everyone thought like, oh, they actually filmed that Mount St. Helens. No, they actually filmed it in a sound studio, and then or in a sound stage, and then they in the background they later in post put that peak. So they were trying to make Dante's Peak, Mount St. Helens. Okay, like straight up. Because they even set it up to be like, oh, if you were at Dante's Peak looking out, it would look like it was Mount St. Helens. Oh. So even though nothing in the research shows they were trying to make a movie about Mount St. Helens, they, they totally were. <laughs> they, I, they did read also, before you jump into yours, they no, shot no, most of the uh, movie in Idaho. They did a lot in Idaho, and uh, except for the, um, the exterior of the U.S. Geological Headquarters... Which was meant to be in Washington or it meant to be in Portland. Um, they shot in Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, close, close. And then they also let me bring that up. They so they named it. Uh, it was named in honor of David A. Johnston. So I think it was like the Johnston U.S. Geological Survey Center or whatever. Right. David A. Johnston was actually a, he's a real uh, geologist and volcanologist, um, and he actually died. During the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Ooh. A very, very interesting figure. Okay. Mount St. Helens, you know, a lot of people today may not remember it. And I mean, obviously, we didn't live during it because it happened in 1980. No, I was not. Uh, I was not alive. Neither of us were. Yeah. Neither one. We're young, vital men, and neither of us were alive. We're very young. We're so young. We're, so we're not young. anywhere near 40. I, like I said, I was one when Kids in the Hall premiered. But yeah, Mount St. Helens, it erupted in 1980, and let me see, I, I believe I said, what did I say before? I said 1872 was the last time it was active? Let me Something see. like that. Let me see if I had that correct, because I was just going off of memory, and I don't quite, yeah, so they don't have an exact date, but it was like the last time Mount St. Helens was active was the 1840s and 1850s, they think. And really, that's not that long ago? Historically speaking, not. But in our lifetimes, obviously, well, quite sure, long ago. Absolutely, but... But that was the last time. So from the 1850s, it has basically been dormant until they started having these warning signs. And that's why, too, the U.S. Geological Survey said of Dante Speak, pretty accurate. So uh, uh, Mount St. Helens was, was less... Um, the people were less... You know, obstinate. They were less like it's not gonna erupt. You know what I mean? Right. But there was no. You said there was quite a few lucky lose, if you will. There was. There was literally a point where once they knew it was happening, and it, I was kind of thinking that too. I'm like, oh, it'd been actually good if they would have put that into Dante's. See, peak. that almost would have been more fun. Yeah. Been interesting because they said a lot of the town evacuated. 
a lot of people were just like, okay. We, yeah. Hey, hey, listen. You know you, what? Just in case. You know what, bud? You said this mountain's going to explode, and I, I hear you, <laughs> and I'm going to go. I'm going to fuck right off. So most left. Um, obviously, there were some people who didn't, but then there were also some people who decided to show up to Mount St. Helens because they wanted to see it, and there were also news helicopters that were in the air watching it. And the the man I mentioned, um, David A. Johnson, is that who I said his name was? I'm yeah. sorry. I'm on, I have several different pages going. Yeah, David A. Johnson. He has a quote of saying, like, that is like watching a, uh, a barrel of gunpowder about to explode while standing right in front of it. Like, he he was just straight up like, don't do that. Hey, don't do that. Obviously, Stop. don't do that. Stop. Hey, no, don't do that. Go away. <laughs> Get away. Um, but he showed up to Mount St. Helens. He was part of the U.S. Geological Survey. And um, I believe he was he was immediately put up as part of like the head of of one of the parts of it. Like they showed up being like, oh, this is going to erupt. We're going to study the shit out of it. We're going to watch it. We're going to evacuate people um, when it erupted. I'm not going to go beat by beat because th- through the timeline of events is all the scientific. Well, so like, when it erupted, did he not chase two children up? the mountain trying to find their grandma he chased two children up the mountain to get their grandma and they found a dog and yeah they we, we didn't mention the dog we didn't review, at all they do the they do they there's a dog early in the movie and then later they're just like hey there's the fucking dog he's got to jump in the truck literally while, shows up just literally out of nowhere and they're like there's lava get in the truck all dog right. we have one shot at this i hated that part hated it hated it hated no that it. was that was like ah fucking now the dog's here <laughs> But no, uh, uh, David A. Johnson, he mostly, you know, mostly showed up to, uh, you know, do his job, and everyone was fine with it. <laughs> and it it did say he did fuck the mayor. He did. <laughs> it does it does say that weirdly in his Wikipedia. Um, no, so why he's a, a, a kind of a main figure in geology and volcanology, if you will, um, be, mainly because a big part of it is because not only did, did he perish during the Mount, Haines, Mount St. Helens eruption, um, but he also was a huge advocate for uh, like taking the warning signs seriously. So I think Pierce Brosnan, even though it doesn't say anywhere, I do think his character in Dante's Peak is kind of based on David right. Johnson. He took some inspiration from this I, I do, I do really, I, th- I think the script did too. I do think he's set up a little bit, even though no one in the Mount St. Helens story was being like, you're fucking crazy. You got a, you got a hunch and you're a loose cannon and you play by your own rules. But he he was a person being like, no, these warning signs are huge. And a lot of what he was uh, predicting and studying became then the focus of volcanology after that. Okay. So he's actually a main kinda, figure. Kind of set how, the precedent yeah, of what a, a to big, look for. Kind of a big part of it. Because yeah. actually a lot of what he was studying, what he was working on, became a main focus of geology and volcanology for the signs to how, you know, what might lead to a volcano erupting after it had been dormant for a long time um uh, mount st helens of course it, uh it was the 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 deadliest volcano eruption in american history i think there have been i mean obviously there's deadlier ones in like history history i love pompeii well, yeah. another one something like that but there's been some more modern ones there was that one in i was in like the tw- the 2010s what was it? it was oh was it i forget what country it was was it finland was it greece no not greece I feel like it was more of like an Asian Pacific country, wasn't it? I don't know. Philippines or something, maybe? I don't know, and I'm not going to guess any further. But <laughs> somewhere on this planet. 
somewhere a volcano's erupting. It's 10 o'clock at night. Do you know where your volcano is? Uh, I didn't know this, but approximately 57 deaths with Mount St. Helens. That's pretty significant for something that um, you knew was coming. Was predicted. People knew it was coming. Well, some of it were people who were there monitoring it, people part of the rescue uh, operation, and some who just didn't leave. You know, your your townies who are like, this is my home, man, I'm not going nowhere. The Ruths. The Ruths. Yeah. Of that town. I didn't leave when the Yankees came, and I'm not leaving (laughs) when the volcano comes. Um, About $1.1 billion in damage. Whoa. Uh, which would be $3.6 billion today if you adjust for inflation. Fuck off. That's a wild amount. Um, and uh, what was interesting, too, is the ash from the initial eruption, I believe it said, traveled up to, I think it was 350 miles away or something like that. It might have been less, but um, it, it traveled, like, the ash from the initial eruption. And here's the thing. I was going to, initially I was researching it, while watching Dante speak. And I was like, let me see, what is that like? And as I was reading it, it was basically what happens in Dante speak. So that's why I didn't feel like doing beat by beat. Right. I'm like, Dante speak did cover it pretty accurately of what happens when an earthquake in modern day, when a volcano in modern day society erupts and what happens. You get all these warning signs. Here they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's too bad that that kind of does hurt the movie. Because it's so accurate. And also because it's smart. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not being like, a movie audiences are dumb. But people have less patience for just getting... Absolutely. And and Dante's Peak, I will say too, doesn't do a great job of putting it in layman's terms. But that's also kind of what I like about it. Because there's a point where when the... When the mountain erupts the final time to have like the big cloud you know you know shock wave that goes through yeah he he just says he's like he, he dumps exposition of like a he, very technical he term. says this is a blank wave yeah and that's all he tells you but i also liked that about it because like yeah i wouldn't understand no all i know is he's saying it yeah, with if, a level if, of urgency if that you were there <laughs> with a geologist yeah that's probably what's yeah, going to happen he'd say it that way and i'd be like oh shit he sounds serious about that <laughs> that's a good way to drive it home but yeah, uh, David A. Johnston, he was there for... The reason why I bring him up, just one, he's he's a, a main figure. Like I said, he's he's name-checked, you know, kind of uh, on, on, the, on the down low in Dante's Peak. But he also, like I said, he was killed in the blast, but he has kind of a... Um, I mean, it's, I guess it's not famous, people don't know it. But uh, when the shit was going down, he... Um, he was there in one of the, the, the research points, one of the observation points as it got hit by the eruption, he sent a message to the rest of his uh, U.S. Geological Survey uh, co-workers that says, Vancouver, Vancouver, this is it. I think part of their headquarters were out of Vancouver, oh, potentially, okay. or whatever. Um, but he was straight up saying, like, it's happening. And all the research I found, too, was him, like, he was pretty accurately depicting, like, or accurate, excuse me, accurately predicting when... Mount St. Helens was going to go. Like, he was like, no, these are all the warning signs. This mountain's going to go. I wonder why he was, I mean, I, I understand he loves it, but, like, why he stay so close when you knew it was coming? Well, I, I think part of it was, too, because all of my research, too, found that um, now they know more about the warning signs. So I think maybe they didn't know how quick it was going to happen. Sure. Or what led to what. Because now, like, the prediction of volcanic, volcanic eruptions have gotten 
way better. A big part because of Mount St. Okay. Helens. Because this was the main modern one right, in modern right. science that we were able to watch in real time. Okay. So he knew it was coming. He just didn't know yeah that soon but they said his predictions were pretty accurate and like and his whole team was on board like no one was being like david you're crazy yeah like i don't want to put that but he's i think he's a main figure one because he died but also because he was a bright motherfucker like he was he was pretty smart but he, he said it's coming and then he got hit and they believed he he actually survived the initial wave and made it to um a different research post but then uh there's a man named there uh, Jerry Martin, he was located near the Coldwater Peak uh, observation post, which they believe Johnston made it to. They think he was alive, but then they got a a, a, a radio from, from that post, and it was uh, Jerry Martin, and he says, Gentlemen, the camper and car that are sitting over to the south of me are covered. It's going to hit me, too, before they were hit, and he was killed. Fuck. Can you imagine... Isn't it wild? Because when I read that to him, like, these guys aren't, they're not, you know, I don't want to say they're not heroes, but like, they're not doing it. They're, they're just, they're scientists studying something. Like, they're not out there, like, no, they're not out there. He's not like knowing they're putting their lives on the line. He's not holding a door to protect people or anything. Yeah. But they're, they're study. they believe so much in what they're studying and so much in, uh, what they're doing for the future of humanity that they had to just sit there and be like, I'm about to die because of a fucking volcano. And to me, that's so fucking badass. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, the only, the only like somewhat solace I get is that I imagine it's over quickly. One hopes. We hope. Yes. We hope, but they believe that's where they died. Um, David A. Johnson's body was never recovered. Well, yeah, that tracks. They, but they, they didn't. Well, because it wasn't like lava that hit them. It was the avalanche and the mudslides. Oh, sure, sure, the, sure, sure. It was Which the, that kind of sucks. And the wave you know, eruption. You want You want to die in lava if you're a volcanologist. Well, yeah, if you have to go. They said though he they found uh, Johnston's like part of his camper and other stuff, but it was it wasn't until like '93, so it was like wow. long time. Because again, this was 1980. That's Thirteen years, yeah, yeah. Um, but a, but a lot of their research from that from that specific eruption survived, led to obviously. them well not even just survived but led to them being being able like they can predict volcanic eruptions way more accurately than even then which again like you said you know even in the 1800s historically isn't that long ago 1980 is yesterday yeah and like now they can really predict a volcanic eruption because of the signs and what happens like they, they don't just happen there's no, a there's lot a, of signs you can predict. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like in like Dante's Peak, they have like little mini earthquakes. What that is, that is lava flowing again. Is what causes those little sure. mini earthquakes. Sure, sure, sure. Is that the volcano is like, basically waking up, like if you will, pushing up through a vent or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's, it's going to shift the land below it. Like it's going to shift all the rock and everything within the volcano because lava's flowing again. Yeah. Like that's that's going to lead to some seismic changes. <laughs> and there's and like they said with Mount St. Helens too, is that. There started being bulges that weren't there before because pressure's building. Yeah. And so I believe after erupted, I'm not going to panic searching for the numbers right now, but after, so before the eruption and after the eruption, the elevation, like the peak of Mount St. Helens was like 1300 feet lower. Sure. 
because not only did it release all this pressure, but like part of it blew the fuck up. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. So the mountain got shorter, shorter. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. of it. Um, but I just find that interesting because like David A. Johnson is both name checked in like the Wikipedia for Dante Speak and then all the stuff for Mount St. Helens. So that was an, he was an interesting figure and he was just a regular guy and he, he was 30 when he died. Ooh. Young guy. Yeah. Young guy with a passion for fucking volcanoes. And yeah, that's just, yeah, that blows my mind just to be in that situation, just how terrifying that would be. And his last known words are him being like, eh, it's now. Yeah. To be like still like, at the end, being like, "Yep, it's happening. It's happening," and to be able to like be to have the wherewithal to send you know that message to his colleagues, to be like, "Yeah, I was right. <laughs> Fucking told you." Like, um, I don't know. So like I, I like I said, I uh, without just going into the nitty gritty of like how a volcano erupts, which I don't have. I feel like I don't have the. Um, not only one, I don't have the scientific credentials, if you can believe it. Yeah. Uh, but also, as reading it, I didn't understand a lot of the terms used. Or so even, be... even a simplified understanding to explain it. Yeah, I, I would have to do a you lot know. of. I would have to do a lot of research to explain it simply. Yeah, and as I was doing it, there was so many different things I'd research. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna give, I'm just gonna tip that old hat to David A. Johnston because I I think that's a pretty badass way to go. Yeah, and like. He fuck he and, least, and you know at least uh, his his sacrifice meant something. His sacrifice meant something. All of his colleagues said like because he's probably saved a lot of lives. Absolutely, and his colleagues and friends and family they're just like you know what dude died loving like died doing what he loved. He died studying volcanoes, uh, predicting volcanoes. You know, he literally devoted his life to that. I think that's fucking rad. And that's a name I didn't know. I didn't know the name David A. Johnston. Once I read it, I'm just like, you know, yeah. that's, that's a guy I'm glad I learned about. It is kind of nice to, to to hear about the unsung heroes yeah. that we don't know about. Yeah, the, the, these people who are kind of, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, kind of a footnote of history. Because already the Mount St. Helens eruption is, you know, like we said, people aren't going to really remember that much. They're not going to really, you know know what that was at the time and you know for us it means nothing to us now but i know when it happened it was a big fucking deal oh absolutely <laughs> you know it's a big fucking deal but um there was one other story i wanted to cover this is not about the eruption of mount st helens but it's just generally about mount st helens so it's, it is still a very popular site for mountain climbers and uh hikers and stuff like that and i just like this story it's very, it's very short, very simple, but I liked it. April 14th, 2008. A man named John Slemp. He's a snowmobiler. Um, he was up there doing stuff. Doing stuff. Was he snowmobiling? It doesn't say, but it says snowmobiler, so I'm guessing he was snowmobiling. If not, he was hiking. Either way, he was, do, he was doing something on the fucking mountain, right? Uh, and then he uh, was on something called a snow cornice. What a snow cornice is, it's like on a, a peak of land and the snow cascades off of it, like as a curve. Like, you know, it's almost like like the wind blows it yeah. to almost create its own formation, but it's actually just pure snow. Right, right, but right. But there's no land underneath it. Yes. He was on that and it gave out. He fell 1,500 feet. That's a that's a long ways. The long ways. He fell that distance. Motherfucker not only survived... But he thrived. 
He owns that mountain now. <laughs> Not only survived, survived with minor injuries. Dude didn't even get hurt. Fell 1,500 feet into a volcanic crater. So he just fell forever. Yeah. How long of a fall is that? Can you That's imagine? so far. Like, he screamed, had to stop to take a breath. And accept his own death. Yeah. And then hit ground and was like, oh, I'm, oh okay. <laughs> He's like... Looked around, dusted off. He was able to walk after coming to a stop. Uh, He went to the foot of the crater where he was rescued by the mountain rescue helicopter. How deep was the snow he fell into? I don't know. Isn't that fucking wild? I read that. I'm like, that's fucking amazing. This guy fell 1,500 feet. 1,500. Let me me just... Hold on. I'm going to Google something real quick. No, seriously. You just fought... Like I said, he screamed, had to take a breath to scream some more, take another breath. For reference. For... Reference. The Empire State Building is 1,250 feet. He fell 300 feet more than that. And it was fine. (laughs) He has to be broken. He has to be a broken man. (laughs) The dreams. The dreams. Isn't that fucking wild? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Two cool guys. David A. Johnston, John Slim, fucking... Sharktoberfest yeah. hat tip to you boys. Cool shit. Badasses for different reasons. Yeah. But still about a volcano. So pretty cool, I think. Um, That's good, right? Yes. I no, think we, we did, did it. it. I think we did it. I think uh, let's summarize it real quick. Summarize it. Dante's Peak holds up, actually. Very well. I think actually holds up pretty good. It was an Very enjoyable well. watch. It was a breezy watch. I wasn't. I no, wasn't breezy. It looks good. It looks good. It actually. It the movie looks great. Even really just little good. things. There was a moment where like Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton are like on a on a bridge just walking. Like they have a little night scene, and yeah. I'm like, that just looks beautiful. And it's a good one. They're shooting it in just great mountain terrain and like with yeah, great oh, forest. The, the, like the, the landscapes. The, beautiful. the landscapes are the landscapes gorgeous. Awesome. But then everything they do, I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, this is just competent movie making. Yeah. Just good, competent filmmaking, and just it looks good for a big blockbuster. Um Liney's summer pack, I think you should go get it. I think oh, you should grab get it. It's grab got, it now while it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. While we're getting into the summer season, perfect go for it. Go get it. Perfect for it. Um summer movies, we mentioned. I'm I'm some of everything. Summer movies. Summer movies. S- Sandlot. Dazed and confused. Jowls. Was that when we said? Stand by me. Stand by me. Good summer flicks to watch this. Watch this, this, uh, this hot, hot season. Um, David A. Johnston, hats off to you. John Slemp, different hat <laughs> off to you. Way to fall, bro. <laughs> you fall so good. <laughs> Listen, you didn't fall for a cause like David A. Johnston did, but you, you fell like a fucking champ. You I will did. give you that. I will give you that. But... Um, yeah, and honestly, to read up if if you're curious, read up on Mount St. Helens. It was actually it was an interesting read, but as I was getting into, it, I'm like, this is too much science for my dumbass to cover. Ooh. This is too much stuff because it's really written like scientifically. Everything I found about it, I'm like, listen. Once I learn to understand this, this is gonna be a great read. <laughs> I may need to look for a doc to watch. Yeah, <laughs> pander to my dumbass. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. And I, we already teased it. Our next movie is gonna be volcano. It's gonna be volcano. The we other, should tell you right now. The other night, we never do this. We never just say what our next movie is gonna be. But we knew we had to do them back to back. If you're gonna do one, you gotta do the other. Have to. You gotta. So the next one's gonna be the 1997 disaster <laughs> volcano movie, <laughs> which I'm excited for. Came out Especially three months later <laughs> after doing Dante's Peak. I'm excited to do them back to back. You know, really okay, I thought it was kind of weird. 
Yeah. Dante's Peak was released in February. Yeah. That's a weird time for a blockbuster. That's usually where you dump a that's movie you, dump you don't have a lot of faith in. So I bullshit. wonder, I do wonder if they kind of thought like, I wonder if they thought it's like, uh, this is too much of an eggheady movie, blah, blah, Maybe. blah, something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that I was I was surprised that that one came out first. I thought one came out later than Volcano. So I'm very curious now to like, to go on the journey of you saw that first then watching Volcano. We're doing it right. I'm excited. I think so. Yeah. So uh we'll and so in the next episode there'll be a lot of probably comparing and contrasting amongst the two. Uh that's what we're doing next and I'm just I'm very excited. We got the list behind me. It's, we're looking yeah, at it. We no, have, it's we, have be, a, we have a fun list of some It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a, it's a good mix of genres and uh different types of hot. I'll put it that way. How about that? Yeah. Different different Don't just think like like hot warm weather. Yeah, and it's not just not just lava. It's not just lava, but other types of hot. So much hot. So much hot. It's gonna be a hot, hot summer for these hot, wet boys. But <laughs> <laughs> could barely say it. I can. I can't refer to myself as a hot, wet boy. <laughs> oh, but I think we did it. We nailed it. I think it's a good start. We got this. The commentary. I think we are off and running, big dog. Uh, well, that's gonna do it then for this episode of Sharktoberfest. For Dustin Pick, Sam Logan Nielsen, thanks for watching and stay hot, baby. How's that? Something like that? Sure. <laughs>